morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Mornings with the Masters, where we devote ourselves to the Lord daily with you. Good morning, you guys. If you're wondering why I'm snickering to yeah, myself right snickering? now, um, because this devotional that we're about to do is called No Fence. And I chose this one because some of it has to do with love. And I know we're right around that Valentine's Day period. Mm -hmm. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. And um, (laughs) yeah, and so it's about how to not take offense. And I feel like we live in this world where it's almost becoming a badge of honor to wear the things that offend us and be like, I can't believe this would happen. And so I'm really excited about this Devo. Love it. As always, there's a link to it in the description if you guys want to follow along with us. And as always, I'm going to read the scripture. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. I'm thrown off right now, okay? (laughs) Because I was snickering. I threw myself uh-huh. off. I'm going to read the scripture. Tori's going to read the Devo. And I hope you guys enjoy. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. And it says this. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. The devotional is titled, An Outrage Economy. And it says this. It seems like all it takes to be outraged or offended is a quick scroll on social media. We see it through our feeds. Friends fighting on Facebook, controversial news headlines, and families not speaking because of something someone posted. And the truth is, outrage sells. Polarizing headlines get more clicks, so news outlets keep writing them. Cancel culture gets people talking, and that funds advertising revenue. So what is it about outrage that keeps us engaged? We may not easily admit it. But many of us like being angry. We may not enjoy up-close conflict, but we often like taking a stance or choosing a side. As Christians, we sometimes even label our anger as righteous, excusing it when we think it's for a good cause. Mm. And while righteous anger is a biblical concept, it's worth asking ourselves, is this anger of mine actually righteous? Or is it just an excuse for me to prove I'm right? (laughs) Shots fired. Look at what James 1, 19 through 20 says. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't look at you. Some anger is good. When something hurts one of God's kids, we should absolutely get angry. But that anger needs to lead to acts of love and compassion, not pride and division. Ultimately, godly anger prompts us to do something to help. Human anger prompts us to do something that hurts. So let's think about our outrage for a second. Is it possible that our anger is often fueled by pride? Because here's the thing about anger. It often convinces us we're right. And if we're right, that means they're wrong. And if they're wrong, then we win. And that sense of winning, being on the right side or praising ourselves for our good behavior, really fuels our pride. And like Proverbs tells us many times, pride always goes before destruction. So, how do we respond to an outrage economy? How do we live as unoffendable people in a culture that profits and thrives on offense? James gives us some more good advice in James 1.21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth 
and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly accepting and living from the word gives us the peace and the power to be different from the world. But it's not just knowing scripture, it's doing what it says. So over the next few days, we'll explore why we get angry, what we can do with our anger, and how we can become unoffendable. Today, spend some time thinking about these three questions. Is my anger most often fueled by righteousness or my desire to be right? Is my anger helping others or hurting others? And how often is pride the source of my anger? Yeah, I'm really excited about this, Devo. Something that spurred to my mind as you were reading was, you know, you know those two devotionals that we got really emotional on talking about the spirit of excellence and yeah. doing everything with excellence? Mm-hmm. This is also a topic that I'm very passionate about, yeah. probably because it's one I struggle with. And when I say passionate, that doesn't mean that I'm just crushing it in this area of life. Anger is probably the thing that I struggle with the most. And more often than not, it's like a silent anger where I'm just kind of steaming up from the inside out, uh, holding on to things. And so I don't say that with like a, oh yeah, look at me. I say that it was like, wow, I, I really should, you know, continue to work on this. But as, you know, I, I was talking to a mentor of mine one time and we're talking about some like father issues as we all have some of those. And essentially he said, you know, if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was allowing my anger to cause more hurt and for me to be self-righteous in my position and my posture mm-hmm. and t- towards my dad. And at that moment, I had to ask myself, what would be helpful to our relationship? Yeah. As damaged as it could be, as fractured as it may be, almost, and what's crazy is as damaged as I almost wanted it to be. Because it's almost like I wanted there to be like this kind of pain or fracture there because of the lack of a relationship that we had at the time. And it was just, it was totally pride. Mm -hmm. It was totally pride just feeling my spirit and just me like almost clinging to the the bad parts of all that. And I had to ask myself, what would be helpful to this situation? And I did what was helpful and my dad totally responded. Right. He, he immediately responded to that. And it was like, wow, like this whole time for years, I could have just tried to be a part of the solution and not yeah. added to the problem. And so I, that's just kind of my little thing right now is us being believers that God has forgiven us. Mm-hmm. We should strive to emulate and forgive others like he has forgiven us. Right. And with that same spirit of excellence that we want to work hard and do it for his glory and not our own, don't we want to try to be of one mind? Don't we want to show grace and mercy to other people even when they don't deserve it? Because God showed it to us whenever we don't deserve it. And so I just, I'm just filled with this desire to look at a situation and instead of getting down about how bad we are, instead I'm feeling up because now because of the fullness that God has completed on my behalf for me, I now can extend an olive branch. I now can focus on reconciliation and healing and helping versus hurting a situation. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be a perfect solution because I'm sure there have been times where maybe you all have tried to help and it led to more pain. But 
it's just a chance for us to emulate him. And why would we not want to emulate him? But the other side of it is if we're not emulating him, who are we emulating? Yeah, that's so good, babe. And I was just thinking too, I love that devotional called this out in terms of like a lot of times we as Christians disguise our anger as, well, it's righteous anger, Mm -hmm. right? And it's really easy to fall into that excuse, but having that um, balance that he was saying, well, if it's righteous anger, then it should lead to love and compassion. Like it should lead to us wanting to help a situation, not just being right about the situation. And then also I was on Instagram uh, last night and I saw this post and it was about frustration. I saved it. Um, Just a parenting thing. But it says your children will learn how to act when they get frustrated by watching how you act when you get frustrated. Well, (laughs) I gotta keep going. Every outburst or calm response from you is a lesson for them. Reacting with yelling and they see anger as their go-to emotion. Choose to respond calmly and they learn patience and self-control. It's not just what you say, but how you say it that leaves a lasting impact. Want to model calmness even in frustration. Well, it starts with you we should be modeling our responses after our father and how he responds to different situations. And just as Chad was saying, he extends so much love and mercy and forgiveness to us that we should also be extending so much love and mercy and forgiveness to other people. And now that's not to say that there is not things going on in the world that shouldn't rise up some sense of righteous anger at, his children being hurt. But again, what is it leading to? If there's something that we can do, incredible, let's do that. If there's nothing we feel like we can do, well, at least let it lead us to prayer. You know, we can always go to bat for these things that rise up a righteous sense of anger and we can give them back to God because he can always do much more Mm -hmm. than we can. And then again, just asking ourselves these questions like, where is this stemming from? Am I just wanting to be right to feel my pride or am I actually anger out of compassion? Yeah. And I think if you're struggling to find that little extra forgiveness uh, for someone else or to just squash the bug, you know, and and move on, then sometimes it can stem from not receiving the forgiveness that God has given you. And so it may have to get to a place where you remind yourself of what God has done for you. And it puts, puts you, puts us in that place of like, oh, wow, thank you, God. Yeah, I remember when I when I said that thing. I remember when I did that thing. I remember whenever I was even thinking that and how how even offensive that is compared to the righteousness of you. Right. Thank you for forgiving all those things, God. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a better job of forgiving others too. Amen. Wanna pray something out? I do. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we first and foremost just thank you for your compassion towards us, for your mercy and for your grace for your eyes that see us through the lens of Christ, which we so don't deserve, Father. I pray that when we feel that sense of anger rise up in us, that our first response would be to go to you about it, 
Father, that you would help us control our anger and our frustration, our worry, our anxiety, all of these things. Father, that we would leave these things in your hands. And if it truly is a righteous anger, Father, that it would lead us to love and compassion and to look for ways to help a situation out, not just to fuel our pride and get that sense of, oh, we're winning because we're right in this situation, Father. But Lord, we need you because so much of our flesh and so much of our self uh, just desires sometimes to be right, Father. But you say that pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before destruction, Father. And we want to be people of wisdom. And that is not wise to act like that. So Father, would you help us tame our tongues? Would you help us operate in the calmness that comes from your spirit, Father? Would you just allow your Holy Spirit to be so active inside of us, um, leading and guiding our reactions so that we can be better representations of you? We can't do it without you, Lord, so we're praying for it in Jesus' name. Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, y'all. Now is that perfect time to break out the worship music, break out the journal, and continue pressing to Lord. Yes, and y'all don't forget that you are God's masterpiece. And don't forget that we love you. We love you guys. I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Auf Wiedersehen.